0: I'm um, going to be carrying on, uh, or moving on a little bit uh, different, uh, on the whole series of family. Um, Now, I was uh, thinking about preaching and uh, how you could do it. And my experience over the years is there's two ways of making sure everyone stays alert while you're preaching. One way is to be so amazing and so dynamic uh, that people hang on your every word. Um, so that they can't can't but listen and uh, and just be just amazed at what you're saying. The other one is to ask questions every now and again to make sure people are still awake. Okay. So my first question... Okay, no. um, Hopefully it's both. I'm going to ask a question. Uh, I'm going to ask a question of the young people. They knew that was coming. Um... Actually, for those involved in Kids Club, uh, what are, what's the theme of Kids Club, this term? Heroes. Heroes. Thank you, Alex. Brilliant. Heroes. We're looking at heroes. I will ask another question later, so keep awake. Okay, heroes. Um, so we're looking at a number of old, uh, old and New Testament people who are heroes in the way they've acted and the way they've behaved. Uh, we've got the likes of Daniel. Uh, who did we look at on, this is more of a tricky question, who did we look at on Friday? The guy from the Bible. The guy from the guy. yeah. Rahab. Rahab. Okay. Uh, we're going to be looking at Esther. We've already looked at Ruth the last term. Various people who, who were heroes. Now Rahab is in particular uh, one I just wanted to mention because... She was, and, and James already mentioned Jericho, she was uh, uh, part of, uh, lived in Jericho, she was uh, a Jerichoite, I don't know what that is, a Canaanite in some description. Um, and yet she risked her life to look after the spies and save her family, so that they could then become part of the people of God. And the reason I say this is that the, in the Old Testament, the heroes... The likes of Esther and Daniel and Gideon um, had seen something uh, that made that they were prepared to risk everything for. The first thing they'd seen, I would argue, is they'd seen God. Rahab's testimony to the people are uh, the spies was I've seen what your God does. I've seen what he does. And I'll tell you what, we are frightened of that. But the next thing is that she wanted to ally herself to the people of God. She had seen that actually these people, with their God, were progressing through the world and through the earth and doing amazing things. And so the likes of Rahab and Esther, uh, people like that, had seen God, but also had seen God's purpose through his people. And they would say, I'm going to risk my life to be part of that. Moses again, another one, where he could have just enjoyed everything that Egypt had to offer. It was an amazing place. and and, You know, if you go and visit uh, things about ancient Egypt, it was an amazing place. But he decided, no, I'm not going for that. I'm going for God and the people of God. And if that means I've lived in a desert for years, so be it. Because actually I've seen something that is so amazing that even the wonders of Egypt aren't good enough. And that is what I believe... Uh, happened, if you like, not quite. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a hero, although uh, you, may, you may call me a hero. No, it's not. Um, but as I was growing up, as a, and I, I talked to the uh, young people about this fusion, as I was growing up in the church uh, that I grew up in, God gradually revealed something about the church to me that made me think actually, this is what I'm going to go for. I, I got to know God a bit thought he was brilliant. And, and there was this sense in which our lives are me and God and I go for that and I'll be with him. And this morning we, we, we heard about God just being with us and, and powering through things in our lives and making ways. And that's great and that's absolutely right and true. But as I was growing up, there was an increasing revelation that God had given me that actually it's not just about me and him. It's about me and him and the church. And what God's purpose is in this world. And there's many verses in the Bible that talk about that. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then in Ephesians, we, uh, we see various things. It says, Jesus is the head over everything for the church. And there's one verse I want to show us in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10. If you've got that, ladies. Brilliant. But his intent, it says there, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That'll do. So his intent now was that through, not individuals, not individual heroes that are going about doing stuff, but through the church, he was going to reveal amazing things. In fact, through the church, his wisdom, his glory, his amazingness was going to be revealed, and that was growing in me as a, as a as a young person growing up, thinking actually, I want to do things for God. I want to do. I want to be. I want to make a difference. I want to do stuff. But actually, God revealed actually, if you want to do stuff, you want to make a difference. Actually, I've got something that's going to make a difference in this earth. It's called the church. And so I got stuck into my local church. It wasn't like this. I've talked about my local church before. It was. Actually, I was thinking this morning, I, 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 I'm not having a go at people here, uh, but people in the church I was part of, uh, it was a little bit dull, but people weren't late.
1: And, and the reason
0: for it was that we had the, what, what was called the hymn prayer sandwich, where you, you started with a hymn and then you sat down. And so, if you were late, you came into a very quiet building, and uh, people sort of everybody looked around. Oh, yeah, okay. She's late. He's late. Oh, yeah. And you all knew who was late. And you all sort of, oh, yeah, it was okay. a bit of a weak Christian. man, I was late. Now, thankfully, <laughs> we're not into that anymore. Uh, you know, you're free. Uh, but. That was one thing the church did well. People turned up on time. Let me encourage you. Let's, let's try and do that, shall we? Can we, can we try and do that? Let's, I don't know, let's throw that out there. It's so encouraging when we, there's a number of people here to start off worship. Uh, that isn't to put uh, a law on you, but um, that's a digression. Anyway, never mind. Uh, but the point is, the church wasn't brilliant. I have to say, what we now know of church, what we now know of the Holy Spirit and stuff like that, has opened up our eyes to much more of what God had planned for the church is. And yet, nevertheless, I really felt, actually, no, this is where God wants me to be. It's what I want to give myself to. Because actually, it's through the church that God's amazing wisdom is revealed to the world and to the powers. And if we're going to do something, if we're going to make a difference in this world, we need to line up with how God plans to do it. And it's not through individuals going out and doing stuff, although that he does use that from time to time. It's actually through a body of people fulfilling the purposes of God. And so when we gather here together on a Sunday, it's not simply to be entertained for a bit and then go away. We're a body of people that together God has a purpose for in affecting this world. And therefore giving ourselves to the church, to the family of believers here, is far more than just turning up on a Sunday morning or or sometimes during the week. It's actually being part of the purpose of God for this earth. And so I want us just to encourage you, right at the start of what we're saying today, is how do you view the church? Do you view it that way? Do you see it as somewhere you just turn up on a Sunday because that's what Christians do, but actually it's me and God during the week? And that's really what matters. Or do you see actually this is a body that is at the centre of the purpose of God. And if I'm going to make a difference, I'm going to get involved and give myself to it. And I just want us to challenge ourselves, really, because I still believe, after all the years I've been part of the church, that the church is the only hope for this world. As it brings the kingdom, as it brings the good things of God, it is the only hope. It is the only hope. And I, individually, can make a difference at work in my small way, but actually as part of a church I can make a huge difference. I believe that. And together, as a body, we can do much more than we can as individuals. So I want to encourage you to think about your place in the church. And really that's what Jamie's been speaking about over these last few weeks. What is your place here? How do you view the church? How are you getting involved? How are you being uh, part of us? How are you being part of the body? Now, in terms of actual what to do is down to individuals. We have different pressings on our time, some of us work really late and and, and so on, and and there's all sorts of issues there. Uh, But actually, what God's looking for is the intent in our hearts. So once our intent's there, once we really have a love for the church, as Christ loves the church, then we will find what God's place for us is in the limitations that are on each of our lives. So I want us just to encourage you with that, really, to think about where your part is in the church. But specifically today, I want to look at a particular area where the church over the years has struggled a bit in terms of who involvement, and that is particularly in, in terms of the role of women in the church. And uh, over the, the, the centuries, really, the, the church has struggled with this. of uh, women and what their role is and where they fit in and and it's a strange one really because actually the scripture I think is fairly clear on it. Um, So I just want to look through some of the verses uh, that help us to really grasp um, something of the fact and really where we're coming from is that that in, in, in God's economy there is very little distinction between men and women in the sense of what they can do in the church, and, and their function. And, and I just want to um, unravel that a little bit. And really, I want to start with um, Genesis. And we may have talked about this before, but I think it's worth going through again. Just, just one or two verses. So Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. Right at the beginning of creation, it says there, find my verse. you got that, girls? No? Okay, I'll read it out. So God created man in his own image. Brilliant. Thank you. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now from this verse, very important verse, we learn that man and woman were created in the image of God. And in doing so, God didn't make any distinction between the two. In that, both equally reflect the image of God. And we sometimes have problems with this because we call God He, and Father, and, and rightly so. But in reality, there is as much of woman in God as there is man. He's God. And therefore, when we look at human kinds, and we look at male and female, they equally reflect something of God. And therefore we we must never draw a distinction because we call God He and therefore man, or a male, has more reflection of God than a female. That isn't true. That's just what this verse tells us. So, equally, men and women reflect something of God. That's really important. The second thing I want to look at is um, what happened to Adam and Eve and when, when uh, they were formed. So Genesis 2 and verse 18 says, Oh, brilliant. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, the reason I'm going to these verses is this is, be- this is before the fall. This is before sin came in and disrupted stuff. And so we can gain and understand something of... What God intended when he built the earth and made the earth before <coughs> sin entered. Now, the problem with this verse people have had is that they have, from it, got the fact that you've got Adam made, and then Eve was made, and he was, she was simply Adam's helper. Adam's the man, and running ten places behind is a little helper who clears up his mess. When he gets into trouble. That isn't what this verse is saying in any sense. Adam and Eve were suited to each other, the Bible says. They were made for each other. Now, in a marriage, and the Bible talks about this in Ephesians, there is headship that I believe the Bible clearly says is for the man. It's a role God has given him, it's not a position. It's a role. It's a, a role that he should exercise with servant-heartedness for the sake of his wife. That's what the Bible says. There is a, a giving and a giving up of self of the man to make sure that his wife is fully cared for and loved and supported and so on. So it's not a, it's not a, it's not a well, I'm, I'm above you and you do what I say. It's nothing to do with that. It's about a responsibility. And God has given that responsibility to man to make sure that the marriage and the family runs well. And I believe that. But it doesn't mean that he's more important. Uh, my wife's doing junior church. If you look at our marriage uh, and you ask the question... Who's the most important one? If you ask the children, they'll say mum because she cooks the dinners, generally speaking. No, but if you ask that, it's a a daft question. It uh, it doesn't make any sense. Who's the most important in our marriage? It's not a a question that needs answering. We we have a marriage where we work together for the good of, of our family, of each other, now, I take the responsibility as head, so if something is amiss, it's my responsibility to sort it out and make it right. It doesn't mean I do it, necessarily. We work together, and maybe it's something my wife needs to do, or something the children need to do, or whatever it might be. But I can't advocate my responsibility, oh, well, that happened because of your actions, you sort it out. That's not biblical marriage. If something goes wrong, I take the responsibility as the head. To make sure it gets resolved. I make sure there's responsibility that we are, uh, that the family is provided for. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm working and my wife doesn't. We can change that around and, and, and in modern day there's, there's pressures on family life. And, and so we don't, we don't have rigid things, therefore we have to do, we don't have, but actually if something's not right I have to take responsibility to make sure it gets sorted out. That's what headship, as I understand it, is about. But in terms of input to the marriage, it's equal. My marriage would be nothing if I didn't listen and hear what my wife has to say. She is a a woman of wisdom and understanding, and I would be a fool not to listen to her. And so we have tried, we try to get a picture here that actually, although there is responsibility and, and from that, from the understanding of some of the things that are written in the, in, in the New Testament um, I haven't got time to go into that now we, we understand that actually in a family of the church those that uh, are elders here are males and we take that from these verses. Now different churches have different understandings of that I respect that and, uh, and, and I understand why um, but that 's our understanding here now that doesn 't mean that me and Jamie are more important, and in fact it 's interesting if you look at the qualifications for eldership, um, it talks about character primarily of the people it doesn 't talk and this is what I want to go on it doesn 't talk about gifting much it talks about the fact that elders need to be able to teach that 's about it in terms of gifts um it doesn't say the elders need to be the most gifted people in the church doesn't say uh, they need to be particularly you know it's just it just says that they need to manage their family well they need to have a good standing in outside blah 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 um, so these these people are not you know high high rolling people in the community they're not megastars they're just people that have got Something about them that can say, actually, I can, I can oversee what the church does. And the eldership has then a responsibility to call out, and Jamie's been talking about this, gifting from amongst the people that God has added to us to help and to help input to how the church runs and is governed and moves forward. And as an eldership, we need to have... As much input from dynamic input from women with the gifting God's given them as we have from men, and we would be foolish if we because we think you know, well, it's men and we're doing it. If we said, well, we'll we'll just listen to each other or we'll look, we'll seek out some men in the church and get their view, that actually would go against what I believe the Bible says. Because once you come away from, uh. The, the role that God has given man in a marriage and, and in a family, you then look for gifting. You then have to say, actually, what gifting have we got here? Mm. Now, the Bible talks about in Joel that in the New Testament era, the Spirit is poured out on all flesh, men and women. Therefore, God is giving gifts across the board. He doesn't decide, okay, this gift is a male gift, I'll give it to this man. This is a female gift, I'll give it to... That's not the Bible. The Bible says, I'm going to pour out gifts on all flesh. There is no distinction in gifting between male and female in the Bible, if you read it through. Now, if, you, if, you, if you're struggling with this, I haven't got time to go into all the details, um, we can look at it more. But actually, the gifting is... For both male and female. And therefore, we want gifted people inputting to how the church is run, and where the church is going, and how the church operates. And so it's vital that we listen to both male and female in that, that we get what God is doing with the gifting he's put across. Because I don't have all the gifts, Jamie doesn't have all the gifts. Uh, but in the body there is all the gifts we believe, God has given everybody something to contribute and so we want to hear that and one of the things that we want to do and one of the things, I know Jamie said this a number of times is we're always looking to see the goal that God's put in people because that's going to do us good so there's a responsibility on us to look for the goal to say actually you've got something and and I need to hear that and I need to respond to that Um, and so that's what we do but there's also responsibility on each of us who are part of the church to say what part am I playing in this do I see what the the Bible talks about the, the amazing thing that the church is do I see that and do I see that actually if I'm going to make a difference in this world I need to do it through the church do I see that because once we see that, then we start thinking, actually, I'm going to give myself as best as I can, as best as I know how, to this church so that I can bring the gifting I've got for the benefit of the church. And that needs to be both men and women, not just some of the men in the church. Actually, and that's also, and again, the, there is no distinction here between young and old either. Guys, look at there. The Bible doesn't say uh, we're made in the image of God when we get to the age of 20, 18, whatever it is. It doesn't say that. We're made in the image of God from the word God. We have something of God. And when when we're saved, God inputs to us his gifts and everything. And if you get saved at the age of seven, you have something to offer the church. And And I honestly believe that. One of the um, uh, <laughs> one of the things that happened at New Day is that we, we we prophesied over each other, which is a brilliant thing to do. And um, and I know uh, I'm not don't want to embarrass any of the young people here, but I know some of them struggle a little bit with prophesying over me because I'm I'm just great anyway. <laughs> uh, because I think sometimes they feel uh, I don't know why I don't know why I might ask you why you, you struggle with that. Um, but actually. One of the young people did prophesy over me something which has stuck with me. And I'm not going to go into it because it's a little bit personal. But I really felt God speak to me through one of them. It happened to be a girl, but that's, you know, that happens, it just doesn't matter, does it? Uh, the fact is, God spoke to me through a young person and, and that has really helped me. Something keeps coming back to me, keeps helping me in the way I live and, and, and so I'm so grateful that somebody was prepared to step out and speak and, uh, and I just want to encourage whatever state whatever situation you're in whether you're young or old whether you're, you're new here or whether you've been here for years you can have an input into this church that can affect the leadership the way it moves the way it operates the way it, it goes about only if you're prepared to say, actually, I've, I'm, this, is, this is really, I can see this is where God's uh, His purposes is, and I'm going to give myself as much as I can too. You see, what, what we don't particularly want is, I mean, sometimes it's useful to have people coming in from outside, saying a few things and then going. There, that's a benefit, that's a blessing. We've had prophetic words for people coming in, and that can help. But actually, day to day, we need everybody here just giving what. Uh, they've got. Because that's going to bless us as a people of God. The other thing I want to say, um, and again this is, this is something personally that's happened over the years for me, is um, Oh, I've missed out a bit. I'll just go back here. I just wanted to say, um, if you read Romans 16, Romans chapter 16, um, uh, just to sort of back up what I'm saying about women's involvement, Paul, in that verse, it's a chapter we often sort of miss because it sort of says Paul is just thanking people. Uh, But he goes through and says, Thank you to this person and that person, they're my co worker, they've really laboured in the Lord for me. Um, Now, I've had on good authority that I haven't looked at because there's loads of different names of which I don't really understand. But some of them, apparently half of them, are female names. It's not obvious because they're sort of Greek and whatever, but anyway. Um, some are obvious. There's Mary, and now Tryphena and Tryphosa, he actually mentions that they're women, so that's, that's useful. Um, but Paul clearly values, and he says, These are my co workers. These are people. Now, he's not very specific about what they did. Some of them were in prison, some were, you know, clearly these people were working alongside Paul and not simply. Doing the dishes, as perhaps some people feel, that's that's rumors. Up, that isn't what they were doing. They were working alongside Paul. They were they were those that were going out. They were evangelists. They were they were teachers. They were people working alongside him, and some were imprisoned for it. So Paul clearly understood what it was to work alongside men and women, and I think that's really. Uh, important and again he, he talks elsewhere now there are some other passages in the Bible a little bit tricky that Paul writes about I'm not going into those uh, because actually we, we, and, and some of them are uh, a little more tricky what we, what we need to understand is that the gifts are given universally and therefore if someone has a gift whether it's a male or female we need to hear it we need to receive from it and we need to learn from it and grow with it and uh, we mustn't make any distinctions. Just to finish with, the thing I wanted to say at the end is, is the, the importance of uh, both men and women in the church in terms of roles of mums and dads. Now you might think, oh well, that's alright, uh, I'm still in my twenties or in my teens, Therefore, I have no responsibility to be a mum and dad when I get forty or fifty. Actually, it's not a it's not a physical mum and dad we're talking about necessarily. It's how you act towards people. So those that do kids club are actually mums and dads to those kids. There, I don't know if you realise that, but you are. Uh, you are <laughs> you're being mums and dads to those kids. You're encouraging them. You're leading them in where you you feel they need to go and to help them and encourage them. Uh, Those that work in junior church, similarly, your mums and dads. And the church needs mums and dads to help it grow. A family without a mum and a dad, well, that's not a family, is it? They're just orphans. And so a church needs mums and dads so that the church isn't orphan-like. And that can't be just down to me and Katrina or Jamie and Rochelle We need to act as mums and dads to each other. Now, what does that mean? Well, I was thinking about this for myself and how that worked out for me as I was growing up. And I was thinking about those that had input. Um, Now, most of these people you won't have a clue about. Um, So mums and dads to me were, well, my mum and dad, that's fairly obvious, but they were spiritual mums and dads as well. and there was a lady in my church as I was growing up called Barbara. You haven't a clue who Barbara is. Let me tell you about her. She uh, was a lady who uh, helped run our youth group. And uh, she wasn't particularly... good at the youth group. It wasn't particularly interesting. But one thing she did is that whenever I saw her, she used to ask about how my life was going. Now, to me... Being a a youngster, one of four, who who, uh, was the youngest and and often just sort of fitted in and carried along, to have someone who asked about what I was doing and who seemed genuinely interested in my very boring answers was brilliant. And I I, I remember her now, all these years, for someone who used to come up and ask, what's going on with you then? What's happening? What are you doing at school? She remembered and she would come back and say, oh yeah, how did that go? That to me was great. It, was, it made so, it was such a difference to think about someone uh, cared about what was going on in my life. And, and so she was a mum to me in that respect. Uh, there was a guy called Jeff. He, he, he released me and encouraged me to do things in the youth group that has really helped me. He, he, he ran the youth group and it, he, he didn't hold it to himself. He said, well, you on and do that. You do that. You get on. Yeah. You Have a go. Have a go with that. I really thank him for that because actually that helped me just to... I made a few mistakes. Uh, He covered them up as much as he could because that's what he did. He didn't criticize. He just helped me. Um, uh, uh, His wife, Julia, was one of the key people in understanding of an early age of worship. Now, we we didn't know things about the gifts of the Spirit but she just... Whenever we went round to her house, she just picked up a guitar and started playing. Because um, she, And she was a mum in the sense that she was a spiritual mum. She was leading me into what true worship was about. Um, later on, we have the likes of Richard, who was the pastor here. He, he was a dad to me for many years, just encouraging me and leading me on. Um, one that my uh, wife remembered. Those that might remember, Christine Thorpe. Do you remember anybody remember Christine Brian and Christine? No. Anyway, she was here for a number of years. She she was a, a, a lovely lady. She um, when our children were little, she used to come and hold uh, Rebecca, Beth, uh, so that it gives us a little bit of time. No, it was a very simple thing she did, and then she used to, she knitted something for Rebecca, which we still remember, and it was a little thing that was. A bit baggy, but she took, she took an interest. It was very simple, but actually we really appreciated that someone was, uh, to take an interest, saw, actually, oh, they might appreciate just having a bit of a break, so I'll just go and hold the baby for a bit. That, actually, it can be as simple as that. Um, later on, Colin and Eunice, great input to, particularly Eunice to Katrina, really helpful, Uh, Colleague comes and preaches here every now and again many of you will know that so all I'm saying here is that actually being a a mum or a dad is not actually a really hard thing to do it just means that we are interested in other people we look out for them we give ourselves to them where we can we show an interest we encourage we don't criticise we don't do down we push forward Wherever we can, it's not a title. We're not going to give each person, "Okay, you're a mum, you're a dad." It's not. That's not a, it's just a role that we play in the church, and it's a really, really important role for men and women to play. And uh, and as we do that, so the church gets strengthened. As we as we give ourselves to other people, as we are prepared to say, "Actually, I'm going to I'm going to sacrifice myself," and I'm going to spend a bit of time. I'm going to remember what you said to me and I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to come back next week and I'm going to ask you how it went. That, that is huge. That is huge because so often we live our lives, you know, we can live our lives a bit isolated and it's a struggle to know someone is thinking about you, praying for you and the next week he's going to ask you, they're going to ask you how it went. That's, that really lifts your heart to know actually I'm not alone here. And that's really what the church, or at least partly what it's about. We're not alone. We're together. Serving the purposes of God. So let me encourage you. Each one of us can be a mum or a dad in a different each, each, uh, in the different circumstances you find yourself. But you can be an encouragement. You can uh, involve, get involved in people's lives as much as you can, and, and that also involves. And it's not possible. For everyone inviting people around for coffee or a, or a, a chat, or going for a coffee shop, or having a meal, whatever. All those things are part of of, and we've really appreciated that over the years. Um, Because the Bible talks about that actually there aren't many fathers, and I would add in uh, that mothers, there aren't many of them, there aren't many people that do that, and actually if we can be a body who really genuinely acts like that towards each other, we will be so much more strengthened. So I just want to finish there, just to say, actually, the church is the purpose of God, for this world, if we're involved in the church, if we give ourselves to that, we will be involved in what God is doing. And there are many, many things that we can do, both men and women. I want to just encourage you. If you feel as a woman, yeah, you haven't got a place, that's not true. That's not what the Bible says. We're looking for people that have sought God, have got gifts to input to us and to all that the church does here, and uh, and to be men, uh, to be mums and dads to each other, to encourage, to build up, to. Uh, to send forward uh, so that we can build each other up together. Let's just pray. Yeah, Father, I, I want to thank you for the amazing thing that is this, your church, Lord. And Father, we may not be perfect, I know that, Lord. It's Lord, uh, uh, a church today, Lord, in its different forms, the way it's expressed across London and across this country. Uh, Lord, it's not perfect, but Lord, I thank you that it's your vehicle for changing this world. Lord, it's your intent that through the church, your amazing wisdom and glory are going to be seen. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that you would help each one of us to find our place in your church, that we may give ourselves not only to you and your wonder, but also to your church and your purpose, that your kingdom may be expanded across this city. And across this country and across this world. Lord, we believe you have such a purpose for us here. You have such a plan for us. And Lord, we want to be part of that. And also so we want to give ourselves to you now. In Jesus' name, amen.